Hi, I'm John Mayfield, the real estate tech guy with another Global Real Estate School podcast. Okay. All right. So, um, so I'm going to put this podcast up and I'll kind of pull some of that off of the Facebook Live. But for those of you who are watching on Facebook Live, well, the joys of technology. <laughs> I'm a technology uh, guru, I think, and it still causes me some problems. <laughs> I'm using my little AirPods, so I hope you can hear me okay, Katie. And Phil. I can hear you fine. Great. You- and and my little dog, Lucy's over here who loves to snore. Great. So I've asked her to keep her snoring down, but you could <laughs> hear a, a strange sound. Well, I wanted Katie. She, um, Katie and I both are, we help those of you who are watching who want to get your real estate license. We help you prepare for the big exam. And so I thought it would be really cool to just bring another instructor, a school owner in who could, could we could just talk a little bit about preparation and things you should do, but I'll let you, Katie, tell, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you ended up teaching uh, pre-licensed real estate. What kind of gravitated you toward pre-licensed real estate? Uh, well, I, I'm orig- I was originally licensed to sell real estate in Iowa and uh, w- I was there for a number of years and then became the education director at the Iowa City Association of Realtors. And I wanted a warmer climate and a bigger board to work with. So I came down to Springfield, Missouri and was the education director here for uh, about a year and a half and then decided, you know, I think I want to open my own school. And um, so that's what I did. I kind of took a leap of faith. And uh, yeah, so I I thought, yeah, I just started teaching the pre-license and also continuing ed. Yeah, and she's been doing a great job down in in Springfield. I kind of took the other turn. I had taught the live classroom for years and years and years. And in 2002 or three, I just got burned out and kind of walked away from the pre-license. But I kept my school intact. And my mom kept saying, or my, my wife kept saying, you need to put your real estate school online. So I did that a couple of years ago. So Katie has real estate school of the Ozarks and in, mm-hmm. in uh, she works in the Springfield branch in that whole Southwest corridor down there. And she has been so gracious to send a lot of students to global real estate school for the online part. I am so, well, great. I sent someone to you today. So hopefully they'll hook up with you. Yeah. And, and I have been so fortunate that I have listeners and people who are listening to the podcast, watching on Facebook, all over the country. So it doesn't matter what state you're in. We're going to just talk to you today about preparing. So if you're in California, Nevada, it doesn't matter. But what would be, if you had to give, or what are two or three things you always try to tell your students that you got to do this if you want to pass this test? I think every instructor has a few of those. But Absolutely. Uh, the first thing I say is listen to the instructor. And uh, no, that's just so important. Um, and, and no matter where you go, stay with that instructor. Um, try not to go elsewhere. Try not to right. go to um, YouTube or other websites to get information because the instructor is teaching for you to be able to pass the exam um, on, the, on the least amount of tries and hopefully on the first try. Right. And, and, and we, we really concentrate on um, our own technique 
I think helps the students. So if we start listening elsewhere, we might get information that, that isn't on our test. Or right. we, I mean, of course, we don't know all the questions that are on the exam, but, but we have a general idea that um, helps us get the students through the exam. So I always say, listen to what, what we say, and always think about, I, you know, I get people that come back and say, Katie, I, th I heard you speaking to me during the test because um, there's certain certain things I'll say, you know, really think about how you're representing your client on some of the Missouri questions. especially. Right. And uh, so just really concentrate on, on what we have to say. Is, is right. Right. I think that's so important. I, uh, and I agree. I've heard my friend Kim Darty always said that down. Don't go out and try to get information from other sources because you will get confused. And sometimes I'll have students that will say, well, someone in the office told me that that's that, uh, you know, community property is this that, or the other. And it's like, wait a minute, they are not your teacher. They're not the school. So I think that's great advice. Um, now your particular school, I mean, I mean, there are some schools that do it in a week, you know, eight hours a day and then, six days and you know Monday through Friday Monday and you're ready to go take the test how do you break yours up or what what do you think is a good time scenario because I know with online I'm telling students these are people who work other jobs it could take three to four weeks working a little bit every night but how do you uh, do your normal class schedules run well I run two different schedules and uh, I do a day schedule and then I do an evening schedule and both of them involve Saturdays. So my, my 48 hour runs for uh, Monday through Saturday, uh, 8.30 to 5.30 each day. And then we take a little break uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and or not Saturday, uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And then we pick up the 24 hour course on the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of the next week if, if the student wants to take that particular one. And then we also have an evening Saturday class. We meet Tuesday through Friday evening, 6 to 10 p.m., and Saturday, 8.30 to 5.30. And that runs the full three weeks for the full 72 hours. Okay, good. So, so yeah, I think if a person's interested in getting their license, um, you can get it done very quickly, or you can take your time and spread that. It really depends on how you like to study and learn. One thing I've kind of noticed when I first started my online school I put this, I had this opening, I have an opening video students watch and I said now it's, and it had been a while since I'd taught pre-licensed real estate, but I said now it's not a sprint, you know, take your time. And I think it was wrong because some students were thinking that, oh, it's a, I should make it a marathon. They were dragging it out too long and forgetting the material. And what I noticed was the people who were passing tended to get into the course, really focus, study, and try to get out pretty quick. So I think your setup sounds like it's ideal and it's similar to what I'm encouraging people now. Yeah, that's so important to, to because that information goes out of your head as quickly as it goes in, and, yeah. and you just really need to take that test. It does. Now, what about the person who says, Oh gosh, I've heard that's a really hard test. I could never, I've always wanted to get my real estate license, but I don't think I could pass the test. So let's talk a little bit. What's your thoughts on 
you know, why do you think the exam is challenging or how can they overcome that? Well, I think, I think the exam is challenging because they're not, you're not only given questions that you need to know the answer for, but you need to know um, how to read the question. And it's, um, it's important. It's almost like the exam is, is they're separating those who um, we have to communicate in the real estate business. Right. And part of communication is reading and knowing what we're, uh, what we're given. Um, those questions that are on the exam not only test our um, knowledge of what we've picked up in the class, but also they test our communication skills. So it's just so important to read and reread those questions. Um, so the, the, the tips that I say, again, getting back to, you know, listen to what the instructor says, but um, it's read those questions two and three times each, exactly. each question and always, always, always read every single answer because those answers can be so close. And when you see that second answer, oh, that's the right one. It's the fourth answer. Right. Um, that, that's like that for a reason. So it, we must read everything multiple right. times. Right. I think that's a very important. Uh, and, and a lot of, I think that, I, I think really, I loved what you said there. You know, we are in a communication business and they're trying, I think, sometimes to weed out the, the people yeah. who are going to be, I hate to use the word detailed, but I mean, we are handling people's biggest investment they will ever make. Sometimes the biggest decision besides getting married that they'll yeah. ever make in their lifetime. And, um, and so I you know, you really have to read, as Katie said, you have to read those questions very carefully. I was telling a lady today who was talking to me about the school, and I said, you know, it's a psychologically, they may give you five or six questions that will just absolutely blow your mind apart. You're like, I have no idea what the answers are. And, you know, you see the fifth one like that. And, they, and what I told her is you don't, you don't want to panic because, you know, they're just, psychologically that can mean if you let that if you let that upset you mentally it will hurt you for the rest of the test you know just keep going because chances are they'll answer that question or you'll see something that will help you answer that question and you can always mark skip the question but I also told her and you know they're notorious for giving you these great big long questions with all of this information and then I remember seeing, you know, it said, how does the earnest money show on the closing statement? Well, it's a credit to the buyer. But yet you have taxes, you have the buyer's names and the broker's names and the legal description and what the taxes are and all of this goofy stuff. And they just want to know one simple thing. So, yeah, you have to read those questions carefully, know what they want you to answer. Um, well, and, and let's just talk a little bit about, because I'd love to hear your, your take, and I'll tell you mine in a minute. Let's say you, you narrow it down to two choices, and you're like, it, I want to go with A, but it could be B. So you take A, you mark the question, and you come back and read it and say, maybe I should go with B. What do you suggest to students who are in that dilemma where they narrow it down to two, they take their gut feeling, and then they come back and want to change the answer. 
I always say you have to have a really good reason to change that answer uh, because it, it, typically that first answer we put down is going to be the correct one. Um, and then when we, it, we start thinking too much about it, I think, when we, when we come back to it again. And I think more tests have been failed with people going back and rechecking their work and changing a lot of answers. Right. I do, too. Yeah. And I, I was listening to an audio book the other day, and they had some scientific proof about the subconscious mind and whether people believe all of that or not. I, I kind of think if we do, if we put in our minds that we're broke and poor and we don't make any money, that, that, yeah. that's kind of what will come out of you know that's kind of what we'll see as the fruits of those thoughts um i think we ought to put positive you know uh images and and information into our minds but this person was talking about that normally that gut feeling that uh, intuition or that that thought is like i you know, A seems to be the right answer is probably because you've studied that and it's been put into your subconscious mind and that's what's actually rising to the top. And that's why it's kind of making you think this is what it should be. And I, I'm with you, just mark that answer and don't change it unless you just go back and read it and say, oh gosh, they want to know the quarterly taxes and I exactly taxes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, so, um, you know, a big part of passing this test for the people watching or listening is the fact that there's a lot of terminology and definitions, and they love to use terminology within the question. So if you don't know the terminology, unfortunately, it can make the questions really challenging. Any suggestions? Do some of your students make flashcards or? They do. Uh and I always, uh, w before my classes start, I always send a letter out, an email out to the to the students to suggest if if they're a person who likes to use flashcards to to go ahead and do that. Mm -hmm. I have though had um, students come back with a stack of flashcards about this. They've put almost the entire book into a big flashcard set of flashcards. Yeah. So you have to be careful what you uh, put into flashcards. Um, but definitely, you know, there's there's so many terms, and especially the Latin terms, uh, foreign language, you know, as we know, is there. And uh, get those definitions, but also how to apply, right? Uh, apply them. But I think flashcards are good for um, for those words that we just don't use all the time. They're the first, exactly. The first, yeah. Thing. And I think you kind of hit on something there too. Is you part of really passing this test? is managing your time and your study time effectively because I've had students who come in and they like would say, oh, I spent all weekend trying to figure out this math problem or a couple of these math. And, and I always tell people there's not that much math on the test. And generally you can, um, you know, you can kind of limp through the math part. I'd rather see you studying the financing and the appraisal and the fair housing and understanding all of that than Absolutely wasting too much time, uh, you know, and I've seen people too prepare, like you said, a stack of flashcards and then they never use them, you know, like they just did them one time. So, but I think it's good, you know, try to pick out terms or make flashcards for those questions you seem to have problems with or issues that you have. 
Well, listen, I want to just ask you any other words of advice before we cut out here. I appreciate your time. No, I appreciate you having me. And and I just want to reiterate what you said about the math. There, it, The math is not something to really worry about. There is not that much math on it. I mean, you could literally miss every math question and still pass the test. So, right. you know, that's what you said about not worrying too much about it is true. Good. Well, Katie, thank you so much again. Uh, Katie's in Real Estate School of the Ozarks. I'll put her information in the show notes. And, and it's, uh, this is on our glo- My Global Real Estate School Facebook page. It'll also be on iTunes. I'll be uploading that. I know some of you are probably saying, gosh, John, you've been gone from our podcast for about a month. <laughs> I sold my house and the people needed a quick possession and uh we talk about all of that in school (laughs) so (laughs) i i moved and was on the other side of the the uh, transaction which you know it really was good for me katie because it reminded me as real estate professionals you are going to kind of get into this business and it's going to become second nature to you just always remember the people on the other side of the transaction they don't know what happens after the inspector comes and they don't know about loan approval. And, and, you know, it's very important that you, you know, these things about contract dates and counter offers. And I went through all of that, but, and then my mom unfortunately was ill and, and she passed away this past week. So I apologize. I've been gone from our podcast, but I want to start doing more of these where I'm interviewing some, some great folks like Katie who can, reiterate what I'm already reminding you about, but uh, thank you so much, Katie. I have her website address in the notes and, and, uh, but thanks so much. And I appreciate your time and I hope everyone will have a great day and you can check, uh, check out globalrealestate.com and Katie, your website address, go give them that. It is resozarks.com. So R-E-S-O-Z-A-R-K-S dot com. Yeah. And uh, if you're down in the Southwest corridor, check, check out her website. She does, you can do the live classroom. And if you prefer to do it online, uh, she's got a link on her website as well. You can go through there, go, go to global real estate school. Katie, thank you so much. Thank you, John. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Global Real Estate School. I'm John Mayfield, the real estate tech guy. Go out and make it a great day.